Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the In The Saddle podcast. My name is Chris Loder and I am joined by Katie Midwinter as we preview British Champions Day at Ascot. Before we get into the races, Katie, how are things? Um, looking forward to this weekend? Yeah, well, good, thank you. Really looking forward to it. I'm off to Ascot on Saturday uh, and I can't wait. There's a lot to look forward to. Stradivarius will be parading and then, of course, lots of good racing and the star of the show, Baid. I'm really looking forward to seeing him. So, yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, it looks like they've got a really good turnout this year. Tendencies might not be quite a full house, but, yeah, definitely go. I think there's some other good races apart from just seeing Baid, and that's what we're going to talk about. So the first race we're going to look at then is the 125 at Ascot. It's the Kipco British Champions Long Distance Cup. It's a Group 2. can never understand why this is a Group 1, because personally I think there are quite a few uh, Group 1 horses in here. And your favourite at the moment at the time recording is True Sham for Holly Doyle and Alan King, looking to get back to the winning ways after he was turned over by Coltrane at Doncaster. He's two to one. We then got the St. Ledger winner stepping up in trip. That's Elder Alderoff at five to two. Waterville, the Irish Cesarevich winner at four to one. Coltrane at tens, quick fawn at twelves, and bigger are the rest. Um Katie, I'll come to you here first. Looking at this on first glance, uh, the thing that struck me the most is Coltrane. I just can't understand why he's uh, such a big price. Uh, do we think there should, uh, should, shouldn't should be so much between uh, Trushan and Coltrane at the prices? Yeah, I completely agree. I think if Trushan gets his brown, then he'll be difficult to beat. But he was far from convincing last time out and Coltrane held on gamely at Doncaster. And at the prices, I'd, I'd be siding with Coltrane here. If the ground is soft, then it is a bit of a question mark. Will he handle the conditions? But there's a few of his sires, best progeny, that have handled softer conditions. And he's done well over marathon trips from good to soft. I think he stays well enough. That won't be a concern. It's just whether or not he'll be effective enough if it does, you know, if it does get rain at Ascot. Because you've got two progressive three-year-olds in the field as well, Elder Elder of Waterville, who could show matters of improvement. I still have my doubts about them both at this stage of their careers after fairly busy seasons. So I'm going to go for Coltrane each way around 10 to 1, I think he is. As you say, you know, he's a big price and he's in good order. So hopefully he can give another good account of himself. Yeah, definitely. Well, we have got the, the eight runners here. So he, he definitely uh, appeals as an each-way proposition at the prices he's already um won here at the course as well so that shouldn't uh be against him elder elder off uh have to respect him but i'm i'm not sure if he's going to stay this uh extra trip i think he'll get found out waterville i did think earlier he could be the danger but i agree he took a while to get going last time out and he's got quite a bit to do on, on the ratings to get close to to these horses so as much as i respect him and i know brian send him one over uh, for this race, I just think uh, Coltrane for me. I think it's uh, going to be a rematch of Doncaster last time out, and uh, at the prices, I agree with Katie. I think uh, Coltrane uh, is the value in the long distance cup. So that's the first race. We now move on to the second race we're going to look at, and this looks a little bit more open. It's at two o'clock. It's the Kipco British Champion Sprint Stakes, a Group One contest, and Creative Force is your favourite four to one. We've then got Rohan at nine to two, Art Power at six to one, Kinross the same price at sixes. We then go bigger prices, Naval Crown and Perfect Power at elevens, Brad the Brief at twelves, Tenebrism at twelves, and bigger are the rest. Come to you here, Katie. Um, 
plenty in here you can uh, make a case for. Um, who did we like? You can get some big price winners of this race. Um, is there anything at an each way uh, price you liked? There's a few I like. I think it's a really tricky race to predict. There's so many sprinters in here that I like and that are capable of winning. I think Creative Port is a worthy favourite attempting to retain his crown. Rohan is a horse that I often to pet, but he hasn't quite managed uh, it at this level yet. I'll just give a shout to Kings Lynn. Big price each way. He comes into his own at this time of year. Back over six furlongs at a track he always runs well at. I think he's in with a chance. I'm going to make a case for Tenebrism. She's been running over seven furlongs on a mile this season, but she did win two sprint races as a juvenile, and the shape as though she'd be better over the shorter distances. She's been consistent in tough races this season, and there's plenty of speed in her pedigree, being by Cavaggio out of a pivotal mare. She's rated 114. She doesn't have much to find with the highest rated horses in this race, but she gets all of the allowances, being a three-year-old filly. And I think she'll be able to reverse form with Kinross over this trip, as I think is a touch too short for him. So I think around 12 to 1, she's a great price. It's a really open race. And as you said, you can make a case for a number of these, but she's the one that interested me the most. So it's Aidan O'Brien's Tannerbrism for me. Yeah, I think Tannerbrism is one you want to keep on side here. She won, as you say, um, last year, she won the Cheveley Park Sakes over six furlongs. That was a really good performance. She was doing all her best work late. And I think this stiff track will be right up her street and I think she's a live player and with the three-year-old and um, Philly's allowance I'm sure she's definitely going to go pretty close but the one I like uh, is Kings Lynn uh, in the colours of His Majesty the King um, I put him up last time on the podcast when he uh, was returning from a little break um, a bit of a strange race I thought he would go quite well over five but I'm just wondering maybe if he'll appreciate the step up in trip to six furlongs this time last year he was uh really thriving in the conditions handling a little bit of ease in the ground he finished second in the ben goff stakes he then went on to win at doncaster over six furlongs and i just wonder if he attracts the pace he's gonna have brad the brief uh, not far away from him probably go forward a couple of others in here as well likely to be um ridden handy on his side of the draw garris as well isn't too far away I just think um, I just think he'd get a good tone to the race. He really rallied uh, in the final furlong after he looked to get outpaced over five last time out uh, in the Roosh Stakes uh, earlier this month. So I do think this step up and trip will suit him. He's ran about twenty five to one shot. We know he's been more than capable of running a big race uh, at certain points in his career, especially at this kind of level. And I think maybe this could be his day in the sun. Andrew Bolden as well won it with a big price winner a few years ago with uh, Don Juan triumphant. I think he was about 66 to 1. So uh, I think maybe one of the outsiders uh, could, could, could get it. And I think Kings Lynn, he's very overpriced. And I think he'll go pretty close in this race. And I think you might want to be drawn low uh, on Saturday. I think the high numbers might struggle. I don't know why at this time of year. It's, it's normally low horses that tend to do quite well. But saying that, they'll probably start winning from high numbers. But yeah, that was my thoughts on the race. And I, and I think uh, Kingsland can go well. So Kingsland's my selection. And Katie's quite sweet on the chances of 
Hammond Prism to run a big race. We're now going to go to the next race, which is the 240. It's the Kipco British Champions, Phillies and Mare Stakes, and Emily Upjohn is your favourite at 4 to 1. We've then got Eternal Pearl at 5 to 1. We've then got Mimiku for the Gosdens, their other runner at 7 to 1. Sila Rosa at 15 to 2. A shard of looking to retain her crown at 9 to 1. Sweet Lady, the French Raider at 10s and bigger are the rest. Uh, Katie, um, I thought this was probably the trickiest race uh, of uh, of the meeting. Um, do you agree with me? And if so, who do you like? I think it's an interesting renewal, but I do have quite a strong fancy, actually. I think Jod and Thady Gosden hold a strong hand. Mimiki could show further improvement. But out of the Gosden player, I'd rather stick with Emily Epstron. Uh, Mimiki was extremely impressive last time out, but it's worth remembering that was over an extended mile, six furlong trip, receiving 10 pounds off the Shada. The hood could have made all the difference to her. But I just wonder if this is too soon for her against some really tough fillies. So I am between Emily Epjohn and last year's winner, Ashada. I think they're the most reliable selections. Cedar Rosa is certainly in with a shout. She's a consistent filly. But I think Ashada would have been ahead of her in the Lancashire Oaks had she not have suffered interference. And Roger Varian has been in form the past couple of months. His horses are running well, and she's a proven horse at this level. She is the reigning champion, as you said. Last year's field was impressive enough. Snowfall was behind that day. And although this is tougher, I do think Ashada had the shout once again, probably from an each-way angle, though, because I think if Emily Upjohn handles a bit of ease in the ground, I think she'll win easily enough if she's anywhere near her best. Um, so I'll give two shouts, one for Ashada, but from an each-way angle, and Emily Upjohn in hoping that she'll take to conditions if the forecast rain does arrive. I do think she's in a class above, really, if she is anything near the potential that she does hold. So, family up, John. Quite against her here, actually, personally. Um, I just was very disappointed last time out. I know the hood does go on, but for me, I, I, I just think... I think her form isn't that good against some of these fillies. Uh, the one... I like at the prices, I think is a little bit overpriced, is uh, Huey Morrison's Stay Alert. I really like this uh, horse. Uh, she caught my eye last time when she uh, won at Newbury. She looked like she was going to win that race from quite a long way out. She's just travelling really well. And I think she was worth more than the winning margin suggests. I think uh, over this kind of trip, she's got a lot more to offer. Huey Marsh and Sable, though, have been out of form. They haven't had a winner in the last couple of weeks. But I thought after she won at Newbury, this would be her target. And she was a horse that I wanted to keep on side next time out. I think some of her form behind Nashua reads pretty well. Um, and I thought she was too big a price here. And I think she'll go quite well. Also as well, I think the other one uh, that is going to be hard to keep out of the frame is uh, Cela Rosa. I think that form at Haydock uh, behind Free Wind is arguably right up there with some of the best in this race. Free Wind, I think if she was running here, would probably be, what, 2-1, to 9-4 favourite. Could even be short, I think. I think if she's anywhere near that kind of level, I think she'll go pretty close. She's the one I'm scared of the most. But for me, I'll probably just go for Stay Alert. But I did think this was a tricky race. And if you could make a case for, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it unfolds. So that's our thoughts then on the Philly and Mares. Now moving on to the 320 at Ascot. It's the QE2 stakes. Um, 
uh, over a mile. And In Spiral is your favourite at 11 to 10 uh, for Frankie and John and Fadey Gosden. We then got Modern Games at 4 to 1, The Revenant at 6s, Jajumi at 15 to 2, Bayside Boy at 18s, Tempest at 20s, Check and Challenge at 25 to 1, El Drama at 66, and Radabark is the rag of the field at 100. In Spiral here is probably going to be in a few of the multis, Katie, at 11 to 10. Do you think maybe she's a, a touch short and there's a few uh, horses in here that can definitely give her a run for her money? I'm not sure, to be honest. I think it's easy to see why she is the market leader. Uh, she's only been beaten once in a career and she won a group one at Dover last time out. I was looking at the rest of the field, trying to see what was in there to give her a race. But I'm struggling to see any of the others being good enough, if I'm honest. The Revenant is a horse I like, and he'll enjoy it off the ground, but he's a seven-year-old now, and I'd imagine he's past his best. I don't think Modern Games will be good enough on the ground. Jadumi is probably the most interesting of the others, bidding for a four-timer, and he has been supplemented for this. His trainers, Simon and Christopher, have been doing well this season, currently performing at a 29% strike rate, so I think he's probably the biggest danger to Inspiral. It's good each way shout, but I'm firmly in Inspiral's camp here. I think she'll take all of the beating. Okay, so quite confident a selection there from Katie. I, I, I don't know, I'm quite keen to, to take her on. I think if I was pricing her up, um, I wouldn't have her as short as that. I'd probably have her around maybe about the 13 to 8, 7 to 4 kind of mark. I do think she, she's a little bit too short for me. I think there's a few in here that uh, can definitely give her a fright. Um, Modern Games is a horse that I think um, hasn't got enough respect uh, in this market. I think he personally should be maybe around about the 11-4, to 5-2 uh, kind of mark. I think that run behind Baid is uh, pretty good and is up there with some of the best form uh, in this race. I just don't think the win last time out from Inspiral, she, uh, she only beat those uh, horses by um by narrow margins and I know there have been one or two boots from the form but I don't know I just think she she she's up against a better caliber of opposition here I think the Revenant is definitely a major player have to respect him previous winner of this race uh, Jadumi is the one that I'm probably coming down on the most I just think he's been really progressive and uh, is ready uh, for for um this uh, step up in grade I was very impressed by the way he won at um. Leopardstown last time out and the Boomerang Mile and I just think if he replicates that kind of form I think he'll go pretty close in this race and and prices 15 to 2 you get in each way a free places as well I think he he's definitely uh, an exciting proposition and he's been supplemented for the race so they clearly mean business and the other one as well I'll just give a mention to the slight negative could be uh, the fact that he ran last time out uh, our, our weekend in Paris is a check and challenge just thought maybe the ground was a little bit too deep for him the last day. If that hasn't left a deep mark on him, I thought he could maybe run well at a price. Jim Crowley, but for the ride, I just think on some bits and pieces of his form, I think he's definitely uh, a horse that can uh, give a bold show and maybe not quite good enough to win. But it wouldn't be, I wouldn't be at all surprised maybe if he was able to finish in the first three at 25 to 1. So I think you've got a few uh, running for you if you want to take on Inspiral. And she's a horse that, uh, I don't know, I think she'll go close, but I could 
I think there could be one in here to, to beat her, and oh, I'm quite keen uh, on Jadumi to, to possibly be that one. So he's um, my selection in the uh, QE2 stakes. We're now gone uh, to the race that everybody wants to see on Champions Day. It's a Kipco Champion Stakes over a mile and two, and Baid is a one to four on your odds on favourite, looking to go out on a win to keep his unbeaten um, record intact before he goes off to the. Uh, uh, be a stallion. We then got a day at nine to two. Baybridge, an interesting contender at eleven to one. My Prospero at twenty eights and bigger are the rest. Uh, Casey Bides, uh Do we think he wins or is a dare? Maybe a horse that he's not faced before could be a, a thorn in his side. I think he wins. Um, I see no reason to oppose him. I don't think any of the others in the same class. I think a is a great horse, but I don't think he is at Baid's level. Braid is just exceptional. He's, you know, he's a superstar, and they don't come around too often. And I'd love to see him end his career on a high, unbeaten. So I'm really looking forward to seeing him on Saturday. And I hope it is a fairy tale ending for him before he does become a stallion. I think from a betting perspective, I don't have a particularly strong fancy of the others. I think Adaya will probably chase Braid home. Max Sweeney slightly interests me at 100 to 1. He may be an each way player if the ground does become soft. As a juvenile, he won a Group 1 on heavy ground and he won the Irish 2000 guineas on soft to heavy last year. On bare form, he isn't good enough and I don't see him getting near the top two in the market, but he could be the best of the rest. So possibly Max needs to outrun his odds, but yeah, I think Baid will win and uh, I'm really looking forward to the race. I, I just... It's really exciting, isn't it? And as I said, superstars like him, they don't come around too often and, and we need to appreciate them. So this is his swan song and hopefully he goes out on the high. Yeah, it'd be definitely great to see him if he does. I might just make the case for a day out here to be a fly in the ointment. I don't know. I, the, the thing that concerns me is what kind of race we're going to get here from a tactics point of view. Um, I just saw that a day are he might not make the run in this time like he did last year. I think he might just track the pace. And if he does, I just wonder if it came into a stamina test in the last furlong and he's and Baid is still not past him, whether he might just be able to grind it out. It's going to be interesting to see how it unfolds tactically. I'm just not sure, even though it was so impressive, that win in the Judmont Stakes, the form, the way he did it was unbelievable but the form I'm not sure I'm not sure it's that strong I know Mishrif obviously has been a little bit in and out this season he has run a couple of good races but I'm not I'm not quite sure on that he was absolutely stuffed last time out um I, I just think there's a few horses that Baid's been winning against this year I know Real World's been a good horse but I just question some of the form whereas Adea if we go back to some of his earlier form he beat the likes of Mishrif in the King George pretty easily and also as well his derby form even though the other horses down the field didn't do anything much for it he still was able to beat the likes of hurricane lane really easily and bolt up so i just think it's a this i think it could be by toughest test that's all i'm saying here i'm not i'm not saying that a day is going to win but i think if a day isn't uh hasn't been headed by by in the last furlong i might be sweating a little bit i'm happy to be proved wrong because uh, I do think Baid has been a special horse and the way he's done it visually and the ratings he's recorded have been very impressive. 
But Adea, I just think that was a nice that was a nice run last time at Doncaster. I think Charlie Applebee's had this race in the back of his mind all season when we know he, when we knew he wasn't going to run at the start of the year, and this is his D Day. And if he's on some of his form, Ray was in the Derby and the King George. I think he might be. I think he could be getting buried off the bridle here, and it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But by undoubtedly the most like uh, is undoubtedly the most likely winner. But for me, I just think Adele might be able to give him a race. That's all I'm saying. So uh, so yeah. So just covering my ass there. If by does win, I by I do think is the most likely winner. But Adele, I just think is uh, could be a fawn in his side. So that's my thoughts then on the uh, champion stakes. We now move to the last race, a good old puzzle to solve, a competitive handicap. That's exactly what I like, and it's the Balmoral handicap. Normally need a good horse to win this race. We've had a few classy horses over the years. I think Lord Glitters comes to mind as a horse that went on to bigger and better things. And David O'Meara, who trained Lord Glitters, is got the favourite here. In fact, he's got a strong team, and Blue For You is the favourite at 7-1. to one. We've then got Tyrrhenian C at 15-2, Migration at 17-2, Sweet Believer at 9-1, to one. Bashkarova at 10s, Escobar coming off the back of a win at 12s, Bigger are the rest. I'll come to you here first, um, uh, Katie. A very tricky puzzle here to solve. Um, do we have one at the top of your shortlist that was getting you excited in the lucky last, or... Was it a few that you would probably take a stab at? Well, I'm going to oppose the David O'Meara Battalion. I think he's he could have about six in it, couldn't he? Um, there's a few that I would give a shout to. I think Migration is in good form. Narrowly beaten by Modern News last night at Newbury, giving him a pound there. He's quite likely raced for a six-year-old, and he does well over a mile. Brown versatile too and consistent. So I, I think he's got a good chance and... For me, he's the likeliest winner in the race. I also quite like Symbolize, who he just missed out to Aldari in this contest last year. He's another one who is versatile. He's not been in great form this season, but I think he could bounce back and maybe make the frame. But I will give a positive mention to one that has been a bit of a cliff course for me. I seem to keep backing him every time he runs in Ireland. So I wouldn't want to desert him because one day it's going to be his day, I'm sure. Uh, and that is Casanova, 40 to 1 around about his odds. It's probably a race that's too hot for him, but he could well sneak into the places and he has outrun his odds in the past. So from an each rate angle, I'd be wanting to back him. But I do think migration is, is probably the likeliest winner. Okay, interesting then from Katie with Casanova. A horse that um, is often a strong travelling type, get likes getting a good turn to his race, and it will definitely be getting that here. I think he'll probably be running on quite strongly at the end, but as you say, is there a few in here that potentially could be a little bit more classy? Um, I do think there is one in here that he has been knocking on the door this season. He's got a few fingers burnt, but I'm willing to give him another chance, and that is Tyrrhenian C for Andrea Zaini and Roger Varian. I really thought this horse this season was going to go on to really big things. I was very impressed with him on the all-weather, and then he was running in the handicap at Kempton, and uh, he, he um, less, it's fair to say, Jack Mitchell never gave him the best of rides that day. He looked like he was going to win by how many, but he just 
found himself in a six-runner race, I don't know how, getting into all kinds of traffic problems. And uh, when he when he ran on in the closing stages, it was it was too late. He was only beaten by about half length. Unbelievable. Go back and watch the race if you, you haven't seen it already. I remember reading some of the Twitter comments that day. Since then, he's been a little bit in and out this season. However, he had a little bit of a break in the summer and he's been uh, lightly campaigned, maybe with this race in mind. He finished third behind Blue for You, who he meets on uh, far better terms there. Escobar as well boosted that form, splitting them um, in that race. I thought his fifth at um, Donny as well should be upgraded. I'm not sure he quite liked the ground that deep, but he was actually racing on the far side of the track, and horses that were racing on that side of the track just weren't getting into the race as much. He weren't making as much ground. I know he was sent off for a three to one favourite for that race, but. I just think this track at Doncaster will play at Ascot will play to his strengths. Um, he's got options to go for all as well. If they do go high, they do go low in stool ten. I just think there's a lot to like about his chances on Saturday. And yeah, he's currently second favourite, and he's not a hard one to find. But I do think he is the old group horse in a handicap, which you need to win this race. And for me, he's still only a four-year-old. There could be some more life with him, uh, life left in him come next season. And yeah, I, I think he's quite an exciting proposition for this race. And uh, yeah, I think this could be his day in the sun. So he's going to be my selection in the Bower Moral. So that rounds off then our Champions Day preview at Ascot. Thanks again to Katie for giving up her time. Hopefully we've given you some winners. Also as well, feel free to give her a shout if you see her because uh, she's going to be there at the weekend. But uh, before we sign off, please remember to uh, follow us on all the social platforms. We're available on Twitter and Instagram. Also as well, we are in the Nap Challenge in the new magazine of uh, the Silks magazine. Uh, so if you want to uh, follow our selections there, go and have a look. You'll see the naps from the team. Well, I should say it was actually me that provided the naps. So the Liz, Katie, uh, Izzy, Mark, Paul, they'll all be giving me uh, grief if uh, we don't get a good start on the board. So yeah, go and have a look at the naps if you haven't done so already. But please remember to gamble responsibly and we'll be seeing you again soon.